When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The only answer here, if he were to leave, and I'm not sure he's at that Ooh. level yet, but if he were to leave, it's Minnesota. It's where his best friends are. Ooh, sound the reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. With some wolf speculation later in the show today here. Also, home run, write that down predictions on the show as well today. We'll start off with some Vikings discussion in a second after we thank our good friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. I've been taking vehicles into this service department since 2001, almost 20 years, working with many of the same people too, Steve and Dwayne. They have a great new facility. I say new, it's probably like seven years old now. It's kind of like Target Field, I guess, where it still feels new. It's been around for a while, but... It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, 30 workstations. They keep everyone safe, including customers and the workers, uh, through social distancing, through extra cleaning protocols. They they give you peace of mind by just making sure that you have uh, everything up to speed on your vehicle. So stop in and see why my family have been going to the same service department for 30-plus years. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Football. Welcome in to the show. This is Mackie and Judd. And uh, we also have Write That Down Predictions home run version to get to today. Some speculation surrounding an NBA superstar and the Timberwolves. But Judd Zolgat, we're going we're gonna to start with Vikings here. Because yesterday, Derrick Henry agreed to a four-year, $50 million contract to stay in Tennessee. They avoid a franchise tag situation with him. Mm-hmm. $25 million guaranteed for Derrick Henry. So basically, it's four years, $12.5 million per year, which makes him the fifth highest paid running back in the NFL at age 26. And of those four years, two years are guaranteed. So they're basically saying, we'll guarantee you $12.5 million this year and next year, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of see after that in terms sure. of guaranteed money. Well, Dalvin Cook made it very clear through, uh, at least through his representation and through the media a couple months ago that he wants a new contract. And if he doesn't get a new contract, then he might not uh, partake in football activities. Of course, he has to report day one of training camp or... He doesn't have a whole lot of leverage in this situation. Yeah, shocking. The league screwed him. Right. Uh, but what are your thoughts on a four-year, $50 million contract for Derrick Henry, $25 million guaranteed, and how it might impact Dalvin Cook's discussions with the Vikings? So, 
this conversation uh, to me is a little bit difficult because I'm not in favor of breaking the bank for this uh, position across the board. This does not mean that I think it's not important. Okay. Uh, it is important, but as far as where your investments are going to be made in a, in a salary cap league where we full well know that the salary cap for 2021 is probably not going to be going up because of the current pandemic. Uh, you have to make choices and you can't just say, let's pay Dalvin and then let's pay. And we have paid Kirk and we're going to pay this guy. And then let's pay, pay that guy. I think if you look at what um, Henry got from the Titans on Wednesday, what we are looking at here with this contract for him if you are going to pay Cook, is the fairest possible contract. And I think it sets the parameters because it doesn't break the bank, but it's very fair. It's lucrative. It's a good contract. Uh, but unless you are going to say absolutely across the board, I'm not paying him. I, I think that we can find replacements. I, I think that um, the cash that we might put into Dalvin Cook should go towards our offensive line, which some folks might say, and by the way, they might be right. I don't know that. But if you are going to sit down and, and say, all right, damn it, let's do a, a fair multi-year, not super long-term, but guaranteed cash-wise, multi-year contract for Cook. Um, if the Cook camp still wants McCaffrey cash or Zeke cash, which in both, uh, in McCaffrey's case, is 16 mil per year, way too much. Zeke, 15 mil per year, too much. Uh, Bell is next at 13.1 uh David Johnson of the Texans follows. He's fourth at 13 million. Yeah. Um, all of those to me, and I think the last or one of the reports we heard, Phil, was that the David Con- the David Johnson contract is something that Dalvin Cook wants. 13 mil to me right now pushes things a bit. Yeah, me too. But Derrick Henry led the league in rushing last year. He is very good at 12.5 if you're going to give Dalvin Cook a contract I think that this is the contract that you can probably look at and in fairness go back to him and say Derrick Henry just took this we will do something very similar to this it definitely yeah it definitely gives you a benchmark if you're Dalvin Cook and his agency because all right hey this is the newest contract that was signed and it wasn't a Christian McCaffrey contract it wasn't the 60 million dollars a year so yeah, we all we totally all agree that that my client, in terms of injuries and and things like that, that he's not going to get sixteen million. But what about Derrick Henry money, twelve and a half million? And to which I say, I think the Vikings have to make a decision philosophically: Are you going to pay a running back twelve to fifteen million dollars or not? Like that's because if if we're talking about well, fifteen's too much, but twelve and a half is just right. Like you're still paying a ridiculous amount of money for a position that. The Vikings have shown you can find guys like they found they found Delvin Cook in the second round, for God's sakes. Uh, there's there's all kinds of star running backs that were drafted well after the first round or maybe not even drafted at all. I think you philosophically have to make a decision now. Now you know it's going to probably cost you $12 million or somewhere in that ballpark right? if you want to sign Delvin Cook. Now the argument that the Vikings could make is, all right, Derrick Henry's been in the league for four years. He's played all but two games. He's played 16, 15, 16, and 15 games in his NFL career to this point. Yep. And he's getting 12 and a half as the NFL's leading carrier and rusher and touchdown scorer at that position. Mm-hmm. They're different types of running backs. Derrick Henry's more of a pure running back who caught like 10 passes or something last 18 year. 18 last yep. year. So he doesn't catch a lot of passes, one per game. 
I think Dalvin is a better, more well-rounded overall running back when healthy. And I think the fact that he's younger by a year and a half or so, he's going he's gonna to be 25 years old this season. Yep. I think those things play into his favor for a contract extension compared to Derrick Henry. But if Derrick Henry right now is established as the best running back in the NFL from a pure running standpoint, and he's making 12 and a half, the Vikings argument has to be, well, then he's going to make more than Dalvin because Dalvin doesn't play enough games. So if the Vikings can use all of this to get Dalvin for like nine or ten million, now I'm more interested, but I'm still not ready to pay almost thirteen million dollars a year for a running back. I think I think Sorry. it's going to if if you are, are the Vikings and are going, going to get this deal done, I think it's going to cost you now between eleven at the very least and twelve. Twelve. Do you do, plus. You do it? That's, um, that's that's a lot of money. What I'm saying is, if I'm the Vikings and I want to keep Dalvin Cook happy and for the next three or four years, okay, or three years, let's say. I look at this contract and say the parameters are now drawn. This is it. This is the price of poker with Cook. And if he comes back and is like, I need McCaffrey cash or Zeke cash, I say, uh, peace out, Dalvin. See you down the road. Thank you. Enjoy your time with the Bears or with the Patriots. I don't know where. Okay. So that's what I say if I'm the Vikings. Personally, as Judd, I say to myself, do I want to invest this? potentially in a wild card position with a guy who we already know does not stay on the field consistently or think about this or or take a large chunk of the cash that would go towards Cook's contract now and put that into my, for instance, offensive line. Personally, I go line. I do too. And, and but but if but I do think that this contract draws now the basic the, the template for what the Cook contract is going to be somewhere, either here or after 2020, somewhere else. Here's another way for, for us to think about this, okay? Like, there's there's sort of an intuition when you when you think about the value of positions in the NFL. And when the Kansas City Chiefs signed Pat Mahomes to a 10-year contract, mm-hmm. my first thought was, and, so, and he is the best quarterback in the NFL. And let's say Derrick Henry is in the conversation for best running back in the NFL. He's certainly the best pure running back like in the Like Lincoln Rushing right? last year, absolutely, So, so two yes. guys who are, I think Pat Mahomes, a little more solidified as the best quarterback. Like, you'd get a higher percentage of votes for him. Some people might say Zeke Elliott's the best running back. But Derrick Henry is in that category, all right? When Pat Mahomes signed a long-term contract extension with Kansas City, my first thought was, well, they're winning five Super Bowls. Yep. They're going to win, like, five Super Bowls. He, he already got one. They're probably going to win, like, four more over the next 10 or 11 years, right? Yep. When Derrick Henry signed with the Titans, my first thought, my intuition was, well, it's going to be harder for them to win a Super Bowl now. They just signed a running back for $12.5 million. Mm-hmm. So, like, w- watching football, we've seen Super Bowl team after Super Bowl team win and hoist trophies with random dudes at running back. Like, go back and look at the last 10 teams that have won a Super Bowl. Look at some of the teams that have played in Super Bowls. It's not Le'Veon Bell. It's not Zeke Elliott. Well, it's not Barry Sanders. And, it's random dudes. And Quarterbacks it, and offensive lines are where you should put your resources. And it's no one's fault that, that I think it's pretty simple to prove out that the best years that you get from that position often are rookie contract years. Correct. That's just the truth. Like yeah. we, It sucks for running we backs. We go through these, really these debates and machinations of the running back is not important or the running back is important and you don't get why or the running back. And they're fun debates and it's sports, so I get it. But it's no, it's nobody's fault that God created a position that is disposable. You know, it's sort of first base. It's first base, right? I can find you 
I can find you guys. And it's not like for the first base. I can find you doing. a left fielder. I can find you I, guys. I, I, I can't find you an ace pitcher. I'm sorry. God made that more difficult for me. The left fielder thing is like Josh Willingham was a really good left. Like, well, he he was a good hitter who stood in left field. I should say. <laughs> Like Josh, the Twins signed Josh Willingham, and he hit 35 home runs and was had one of the best power hitting seasons in Twins history. And then you know, you just go find another. Just go right. find another. Michael Kadire was available, right? There's guys available. Yeah, I'd even make the argument second base is more like running backs. Like you can plug and play guys, Jonathan Scope, right? You can plug and play dudes at second base, and it's not a position that you should never overspend at. I.e., Brian Dozier too. Same example, guy who mashed, didn't give the contract. You find Jonathan mm-hmm. Scope, and you can plug and play. And baseball yep. has that, and that's fine. But but we seem to accept that in baseball. I think the difficult thing about the this position in football is the running back touches the ball a ton. And in our brains, we can't process, but if he touches the ball that, that much, he must be vital. Well, yeah, but but as Phil said, you can replace him with somebody else. And, and I would rather, after seeing what the Vikings have been up against in the past five years, more, I would rather solidify and take my cash and spread it out on the O-line and then put a guy behind there who says, Oh, look at that gaping hole. Yeah. I wonder why there's a big hole to run through. Oh, because my offensive line is really good. Yep. So this is definitely a benchmark for negotiations with Dalvin Cook. $50 million over four years, $25 million guaranteed, and, and and the fifth highest paid running back in the NFL. I just I have a hard time seeing how Dalvin Cook will get more than that. But if but again, it's like, what's the win here for the Vikings? Is the win well, we didn't pay him fifteen, we got him down to twelve. Yeah. Well, Okay, if you're still paying him twelve, does that prevent you from getting a right guard long term, or you know, a cornerback in free agency that can help you with a bunch of young guys for next year? I personally right? wouldn't probably personally not do it. I think the Vikings might. I, I think I agree with that. I think like I, agree I, with I get. I, mean, I get hell, they the paid feeling, Adrian Peterson like fourteen million a year before well, any of these guys were making this much money. And here's a very important question to the equation of if the Vikings are going to pay. Dalvin Cook, are there people that want to keep Zim around, which by extension keeps Kubiak here, which by extension makes Dalvin Cook more important than if if you know if you know in your heart of hearts that Zim is not going to be back after 2020, like this is going to be it, and you are going to try and identify a young offensive mind. This sounds weird. I think Dalvin Cook becomes less important to the stew that you're making. Because you're probably expecting that person to come in and run a different offense, which is going to probably not revolve around this run the ball a lot. I, I would argue that even with Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer, Gary Kubiak has a proven track record of taking random dudes and making them 1,500-yard rushers. It's true. So if 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 you have that conversation, say, listen, Mike, Gary, maybe you extend Mike for a couple of years. Do you sit him down? Probably. Mike, Gary, pull up a Probably chair. via Zoom. Still not sure I want to sit in the same Did Zim room. work the Zoom by himself? Zim was working the Zoom on draft yeah. night. It was Spielman that had the issues with the That's Zoom. That's true. Yeah. Good Zim point. Touché. It was great. Zim just, I don't know. He, Good someone point. sent him an email link. He clicked on it. I loved Zim shook for his, that. Shook his computer a couple times. Yeah. And it was up and rocking. That's because he was drinking. But if like if if part of the if part of the value of Gary Kubiak is, hey, he's just, he's just got a great run blocking scheme and system. And if you've got the right system and you've got the right guys up front that are at least nimble enough to to work the zone blocking scheme, mm-hmm. then you can put Alex Madison back there and he's going to average 4.7 yards per carry. He's not as good as Delvin Cook, but if he costs $10 million less, right. you can allocate that money somewhere else. 
So we'll keep an eye on this. I'm, I'm going to guess that at some point here there's going to be movement in the next week and a half, two weeks, because training camp is supposed to start the last couple days in July, and we're sitting here on July 16th. So there's going to be some movement on the Dalvin Cook front at some point. Judd, you were at Target Field last night, correct? Oh, yes, I was. Yeah, glory. they were in uniforms, Phil. It was great. Uh, there was crowd noise, Phil. It was amazing. Uh, this is Rocco Baldelli from last night. All of the the sounds and everything that went along with the presentation tonight is is good. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to uh, increase and help the quality of the, probably of the play itself. Um, when you when you actually get those types of uh, you know when you get that that engagement and and that you know that feel of being out there in a in a major league ball game. Last night, Jub was at the ballpark. Uh, I was sitting at home. I fired up my tablet. I went to twinsbaseball.com. and you did find it. I found it. I got complaints. Well, it was people had trouble yeah, finding they it. They didn't do a great job saying like where it was. I thought part of the problem is people were probably looking for links on Twitter, and Twitter was was <laughs> Twitter had locked verified accounts for like Ugh. three hours because of a hack. Who hacked it? That's an impressive hack. The Russians. I have I, no idea. Great question. Zero clue. Why does Why does Fox Sports North not show that that one too? Like, I, I mean, know. what what is they FSN showed, they, showing? And it was on their website, but it right. was on a tiny little box, like the Twins baseball side. It would, you could make it full screen. I couldn't even make it full screen on FSN.com. My guess is there's a certain level of production that has sure. to go into putting it on. But Fox these Sports games are North being versus. shown by by teams. I, I think um, I, I came across a Dodgers game being shown out there. So, like, there are, and the production's not great, but who cares? It's sports. It's something to watch. Yeah, last night they had the they had the MLB, the show Crowd Noise, throughout the stadium. You had Justin Morneau on color commentary, and I kicked back and injected Dick Bramer this, into my veins last night for is, the first time in 2020. This is so weird. Twins baseball is back. Do you know how weird your tweet looked? There's a Brad? high fly ball. Do you know how w- weird that tweet looked? I'm yeah, injecting dude. Dick Bramer into my veins. That's right. I still feel like the even buzz. Dick, I, I still feel I the buzz this Dick morning, Br- boys. Even Dick Bramer wasn't necessarily comfortable with you injecting his voice, I take it, he, into his veins. I can tell you he didn't see my tweet because... He still has me blocked from Same. my my chirp too. Are you both Wait, blocked? You're blocked too. Oh yeah. What? Oh yeah. How did you get blocked? Well, he hate, Declan hates him. him. I can't stand him. Declan's bizarrely against Dick Bramer. I, he's the voice of my childhood. I I admire and appreciate and respect everything he has done for Twins baseball. But there's a time to move on, and it's time is the time is now. So you, I mean, you go to the press box a lot. Have you guys? Her Brooks. Have you guys interacted? Does time. he does he know that he has blocked you? Like when you interact with him? No, or does he I, not really? I don't really interact with him. No. So, because because for him and I, and we had him on our show a couple months ago, and it was yeah. great. And like we we get along in person, we we chat in the elevator, like we we like we're totally fine. We've known each other for like twelve years, but I chirped I chirped something about the Twins Yankees like two years or I think it was like two thousand seventeen. He was, was like too confident that they were going to clinch. I That's think right. the wild card spot, and you said slow down, cowboy, and he just, <laughs> and he just threw up the big block. Yeah, he DM'd me during the game and was not very happy. And before I could reply to his DM, he had blocked me. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So that was it. And I have not in person asked him. He's been on our show like three times since then. And I have not in person asked him, will you please unblock me on Twitter? So I still, not, he wasn't seeing me. I still think in, Bra- in Bramer's defense, Declan, I really believe that the when they started to put in a multitude of people to work alongside him, i.e. 
Morneau, yes. Hawkins, that it helped him a lot. It's, I agree. Like the Bramer Blylevin thing had gotten old and I think reflected really poorly on Dick. But then, because Justin's damn good. I'll agree with you on that. Justin tells yep. you a ton. I and, thought Bramer had a, a resurgent season last year. I agree with that. It was better. Yeah. It was better, I'll admit. So come on, better. lighten up on our guy Dick Bramer, Declan. This forward-thinking front office and organization, I think it's just time. But the crowd run. noise, the crowd noise. I like. I did too. So, it so came, it came across very subtly. So it, on start, TV. it started off weird, and it, it's definitely going to be a work in progress. You could tell it started off. It was it was too high, and it's a it's a white noise chatter. It sounded like being at an amusement park with and and if, if you have like a waterfall running in the background, and you know a constant chatter and a shh like that. It started off like that, and it was too loud, but they brought it down, and it got to be, it was just normal. It, fe- it, it sounded, it didn't look, but it sounded normal, which when they did the game last week with the walk-up songs and the announcements, but no yeah. crowd chatter, it's just too jarring to go from now batting Nelson Cruz to uh, his song, bah, 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 to this. Silence. Silence. It's too weird. How far are they going to go with this crowd noise my thing? noise? Is it going to be? Is it going to just be sort of a steady undertone of fans? They chattering? turn it up if something happens. Okay. The problem that, last that was night. My question: If the, someone hits a home run, yes, you? they turn it up. The problem. <laughs> the problem last night was was they're still trying to perfect it. So at one point in time, somebody hit a foul ball down the first baseline, and you heard. Ah! It's like no, that's a foul ball down the first baseline. Oh, so so they so turned gonna, it up oh, too much. If so, so not only it. our play-by-play guy is going to overreact to you know mid to shallow depth fly balls that they think are going over the fence, but the fake crowd noise is also going to overreact to fly balls. It did last night, but I mean they're they're trying. I will say it's better. It is better than silence, boys. Having been to I don't know a thousand Twins games in my life, and having grown up, born and raised in Minnesota. My biggest critique of Minnesota baseball fans, the inability to judge a fly ball to the outfield. Yes. The Metrodome was a lot worse because yes. you, you just didn't have the perception. The Metrodome just was bubble. hard. I had trouble yeah, in the Metrodome. That makes sense. And anything hit to the air, it's just like Chuck Knobloch hits a median depth fly ball to left field and everybody freaks out. And the outfielder takes five steps in, makes the catch. I feel like we're not very good collectively judging fly balls. I think it's difficult. That's been the criticism of Bramer in, in recent now, did years. Dick, yes. I, I saw a tweet last night that uh, Dick got confused by a, a pretty good um, distance fly ball to center, but I think it was short of the warning track. And I saw a tweet saying, That's tough. Dick is still um, struggling, adjusting to identify long fly balls. Well, it's even tougher when there's no fans because sometimes you can, you can yep. judge by the fans if. If a ball gets closer to the outfield and you can kind of see like people reaching or people in the fourth row getting ready to catch it, like you can use that as a play by play guy, I'm sure too. But uh, what else? What else stood out? So Miguel Sano, the big news yesterday, Miguel Boys. Sano has been cleared to come back and I work want you out. I see this though. I broke out the $30 scorebook last night. Oh, wow. Inner squad game. Big time. This is how excited I was. Big time. An how many inner squad game? How many, how many? Seven. We went seven, three, okay. three tie, point a, a piece in the standings, and I actually named three stars. <laughs> it was basically <laughs> Who were your an three old stars? school yeah. hockey game. Uh, my three stars were uh, Kepler one. Um, he drove in two runs, including leading off the game with the Nelson only Cruz run of the game off Kenta Maeda. Ryan Jeffers, who tied the game in the top of the seventh with a home run to left. And by the way, this kid's good. He's got some power. He was my second star. And then, yes, Nelson Cruz, who hit a two-run homer to right, singled to left, struck out, and walked, was the third star. Very hockey-like of me. I love it. I love it. And I, it, I got to do something, man. I'm so bored. Hey, how many innings did, did Smelter and Maeda go? 
Um, Specifically Maeda. Uh, five innings pitch, two hits. The the home run by Kepler, which led off the game, was the only run he gave up. He walked two and struck out four. And smelt, uh, Smeltzer was a pitch four. count on, on Maeda? Uh, I did not write one down on him. Wow, no. you're going to bring a $30 on, scorebook dude. and not put a pitch count oh, in there. Smeltzer, four innings pitch, six hits, two runs, both earned. One walk, two strikeouts, 65 pitches, 46 strikes. Here's my question. So let's assume Maeda went 60, 70, 75 pitches somewhere in there. Yes, sir. So these guys had to have been stretching out before summer camp 2.0, right? Like oh, yeah. all of a sudden they're going five innings in their yeah. first spring, they spring kept, training start? They kept stretching out, yes, definitely. Uh, according okay. to our friend uh, Dohung Park, at MLB.com. Uh, Smeltzer went 65 pitches. Maeda 67. So Smeltzer looks edgier now. He's got a beard and an was, ar- and a tattoo on his new. pitching arm. That's new. Or no, he's he's got a tattoo on his, his uh, off uh, arm. Maeda. Yeah. Maeda concerned me at one point though. Uh, from the uh, from the third through the first batter that he faced. Excuse me. In the fifth, uh, he went to three two counts on I want to say five of seven guys. A few too many pitches there, right? And you don't you don't need that. Can't it's I? also a ridiculous. Even with the lineup split halfway between the white and the blue, Trevor May just tweeted something out this morning or last night. He said, no, last night. "Really looking forward to not having to face our lineup when I pitch." <laughs> it's a ridiculous lineup. Even when you look at the lineup, because it was you know Sano's out, Buckton's out, and sure. then the other guys are just split between white and blue. And the guys who are filling in are Alex Kirilov, one of the top prospects in baseball. Brent Rooker, one of the top Larnick. minor league hitters. Larnick. Like, how'd those guys look? This Jeffers kid can hit, too. Yeah. They look good. Like, they're not... I, I would say in the case of Jeffers, especially, and and at least from what I saw last night, Larnick are not far off. Kirilov might be close, too. But, like, these guys are not far off. And, yeah, I mean, they're going to be... The Twins offensively could be scary for a long time, which, which is bizarre because the people that run them are known for developing pitching, which they think, and they're probably right, that they can find, but they actually spend spend important collateral on guys that can hit. Yes, and they have they've which been is able probably to very smart. maximize power across the board with these guys. So so last night we How had, great we was had that, Dick Bramer, Justin Morneau. How great was that to see? Though, we had crowd night. noise. We had jerseys on. Mm-hmm. As good as we can do at this point. No kidding. And the season starts exactly. in like a week and a half. Give yes, Bramer a break, okay? You got to give him a break this year. No, I will it's not. 60, really? You're not going to at all? No. Would you put Provis on TV? Yes, 1,000%. Provis am, is amazing. I am that guy who mutes the television and puts him on the radio. I am that guy. I think Provis is off the charts good. But I'm just saying that I, I think, to Phil's point, the fact that that <sighs> Bramer seemed to bounce back. Well, I think he started to bounce back uh, in 2000. 18 and then 19 was very strong. We got to give him a chance again. I, I, I like the other color commentators. I think it does enhance him a bit. It makes the whole broadcast better, but I'm just, he's still so stale and still stuck in a lot of his ways that it just bugs me. It honestly bugs me. I'm willing to give, I'm willing to give him an, another shot here. I think, I think last year was a resurgent year and I'm willing to okay. inject some more Dick Bramer into my veins in 2020. That sounds so, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. That goes in such a direction yeah. that I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't even it just bothers me so much when you say that. I don't even know why. And to read it really, really rubbed me wrong. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's the way that I would characterize it. <laughs> I know. I purposely said but, that. But uh, uh, just after a quick word here for Federated. Reckless speculation. Got some reckless wolf speculation for you guys. Oh, yeah. Reading some tea leaves in and around. Declan found a great audio clip. We'll get to that. And home run, write that down predictions. But. Federated has been helping to raise money for Big Brothers and Big Sisters over the last 15 years or so. Over $30 million raised 
for Big Brothers Big Sisters through their business partners and through the Federated Challenge, federatedchallenge.org to find out more. But, uh, but Big Brothers and Big Sisters, put very simply, is the oldest and largest youth mentoring organization in the United States. 253 agencies across the country that operate in all 50 states, including here in the state of Minnesota. And uh, really, the, the main premise is that little brothers and little sisters, so the, the youth that we're talking about here, tend to do better in school when they have that one-on-one mentoring relationship. They're more likely to attend college. Also, the impacts of one-to-one mentoring go beyond academic success. They also make better decisions in life, have stronger social-emotional skills, which are often predictors of success. You can help facilitate these one-to-one mentor relationships by just buying into big brothers and big sisters. And uh, you can find out more about the work Federated does at federatedchallenge.org. answer here if he were to leave and i'm not sure he's at that level yet but if he were to leave it's minnesota it's where his best friends are reckless speculation yes love me some reckless wolf speculation you guys know that inexplicably uh, for whatever reason the team that i have become the most emotionally attached to is the team that is one of the worst franchises in all of professional sports, the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. That should require therapy, by the I mean, way. We're wild fans, and we're just cool, cool with mediocrity. So, I mean, that's true. Take your pick. Yeah, but the, the, the wolves. Pick, the, nah, the wolves are punishment. No, the wild is not <laughs> it's, punishment. It's masochism. Yeah, yeah the wild, it's pretty sick. Yeah. So uh, that clip you heard that was from Amin El Hassan, ESPN NBA insider, who actually used to work in the Suns front office a number of years ago, and so he still has connections around the league. And that's him saying, if Devin Booker were to leave Phoenix, and he's not quite to that point yet. The destination would be Minnesota. I had not heard that clip. This segment we were going to do, we were going to do this segment before Declan found that clip. So that clip only adds reckless speculation. Here's the steam, boys. Okay. According to NBA reporter Ian Begley, Devin Booker, quote, wasn't happy when the Suns chose not to try trading for D'Angelo Russell when Golden State made him available. Instead, obviously, the Timberwolves landed D'Angelo Russell. There continues to be rumblings that Devin Booker either wants out of Phoenix or wants to pair up if he can't make it happen in Phoenix. And there's been some cat rumors at some point before the before the Wolves committed and, and got the second superstar. And, and that's kind of debatable. We can have that discussion. But but D'Angelo Russell is supposed to be the second superstar. There was some like cat to the Suns team at one point, but the tables have turned. If the Suns can't get a second superstar, Devin Booker wants to pair up with better teammates in another location. His two best friends in the NBA are Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Devin Booker has four years left on a rookie-scale max contract that kicked in last year. So he's in the second year of this rookie-scale max contract that pays him between 29 and $35 million a year the next four years. And so the biggest question would be, why would the Suns, sitting on a 23-year-old offensive superstar, defense is a bit of a... Oh. Some people call him Evan Booger because there's no D, but he'd fit we in, can address that he'd later. He'd fit in perfect here, then. Yeah. Just score 130 points <laughs> yeah. and figure yeah. out defense later. So it's like the Twins. Just hit the ball, baby. What would it take to acquire that third superstar player, a guy who averages 26 points per game, seven assists, four rebounds, and he just passed Kobe Bryant this last year as the youngest guard to reach 7,000 career points? What's the draft pick compensation? It's for sure, I would think, your top draft. So, yes. Sure. Okay. Wherever okay. the Wolves okay, land. Okay, that's done. Yep. Agreed. Okay, that's done. 
Agreed. We're through that part of the negotiation, Phil. I think, and actually, uh, Bleacher Report has a few different Devin Booker trade scenarios that if you if you have some time and you're really looking for a deep dive into reckless speculation, most of the scenarios involve a good first round pick and then multiple players. A for salary purposes because sure. you have to even out the salaries, and B because the Suns would need if they're trading four years or three. It'd be three years really after this of Devin Booker. Yep. Then it's got to be something. So, so this is my own trade that I would put out to the universe that might make sense. If Devin Booker says, "Listen, I know I've got three years left after this year on this contract, but I'm just not going to like I'm. You're not going to find another star. You clearly passed on D'Angelo Russell. You 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 maybe tried but couldn't land Carl Anthony Towns. I want out." The clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. That's still a lot. That three years is still a, like you have to give up a lot to get three years of a superstar player. So I would say the Wolves' best first round pick, which is very likely to be a top five pick, um, could even be the number one pick. Like if they win the lottery, but again, okay. But, it, uh, but they'd give up their top draft pick. I'm in for that. Probably some combination of young talent for sure involving Jarrett Culver, your first round pick from last year. Okay, I'm and then a that. couple other players that are good serviceable players that. That also make some amount of money that equals thirty million dollars. So, so Jarrett Culver and let's say your top five pick wherever that lands, and then some other players for Devin Booker. Would I do it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, heartbeat. I would. No too. problem at all. Yes. Where would, do I would, sign would up for the this trade? Suns do it is the question. Like what? 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 What do the Suns have to get? Is what he going to make? Is he going to make their life miserable? Because it, it feels like in basketball, if you have the ability to make a team's life absolutely a living hell, <laughs> that they might move you. In some sports, I don't think they care as much. I think basketball, because it's such a player-driven league, that they do care. So, I guess my question is: Is he miserable enough to make the Phoenix Suns just absolutely hate life and say bleep it? Your trade, heartbeat. Now, when I read the story about this. The one thing I read that the Suns were afraid of, and we should address this, is that D'Angelo Russell, if he went to Phoenix, might have been a bad influence on Booker, and they were concerned about that, okay? Yeah. But let me say this for the Wolves. The Wolves don't care about that. No, no, but you know what? second superstar. I thought the same thing, just (laughs) as sort of a funny thing at first, I thought that exact same thing. But let me say this for the Wolves. There are areas that are still probably question marks, you know, Saunders is a very young guy. Um, as far as his potential long term as the coach here, I think that's going to d- develop. I don't know. I can't say it's going to work for sure. I can't say it's not going to work for sure. But I will say this as far as the infrastructure under Gerson Rosas goes. I get the idea that these guys, and it's the starting point, to be very clear here. This is not I'm sold on this. I get the idea that these guys get what they're doing, though. And so if we're talking about creating an insulated culture that's going to take two guys or three guys who you're like, is the chemistry going to be right? Not that they're not going to be buddies, but that they are going to be. And does that become a problem as far as the influences go? Um, There are several Wolves teams where I'd be like, no, no, you can't do that. It's going to blow up. With Rosas and the gang now, I don't know that that's true. And if you're telling me that I can get a glimpse of Cat... Um, D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker for the trade package or something close to what you put out there, Phil, I'm taking that chance, and I'm taking the chance that the chemistry experiment and the influences is going to work because I do think the Wolves are probably on the right track to building something that provides guys like this with a stability that previous Wolves regimes might not have had. I agree with that. I think... 
Gerson Rosas, for sure, seems to know what he's doing from a culture-building standpoint. And remember, he was part of the Rockets' front office that brought James Harden in and and built that franchise to really, like, a, if Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt in the Western Conference playoffs a couple of years ago. They go to the finals. It's, it's very likely they win the championship or at least go to the finals. Yep. So, you know, it's it's hard to build a championship team in the NBA. The first thing you need is multiple superstars and then hope that those guys can sort of gel and and that that as they gel, whoever the dynasty team is, is sort of falling off the cliff. Timing is everything. Yep. Uh, obviously, these three guys, D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, and Carl Anthony Towns, all make a ton of money and take up the majority of your salary cap. So you'd have to basically have those three guys as your nucleus and then just patchwork with young players who don't make much money, veterans who are okay making a couple million dollars here and there, and and hope that as all three of them become... 25, 26, 27, that they grow into becoming championship caliber players. I mean, that's the gamble that you're taking, but I'd rather take that gamble than continuing to gamble on like the number three overall pick. And then now that guy's 19 years old and you wait. And three guys is great. Agreed. Like if you've got a big three in basketball, okay. Yes. Go play. I also would say too, you know, because if, if they pulled this off, and Devin Booker, by the way, would, would become their second best player of these three. He's better than D'Angelo Russell, he's a better scorer. Um, he's a more efficient scorer than D'Angelo Russell. Not that D'Angelo can't become something more in this Timberwolves system that they're building, but sure. they're both kind of similar players, and Devin Booker's the better player and and has shown that he can put up 50, 60 points in a game and, uh, and is averaging you know 26 points a game at age 23, which is ridiculous. But I think the biggest knock is going to be, well, those three guys are also three of the worst defensive players among like the 25 or 30 best players in the league. And I, maybe you stretch it out to like the, the best 30 players in the league. Um, I think Booker and Cat for sure fall in that category. They're also three of the worst defensive players. To which I say, listen, if I'm getting guys who can score 20 to 30 points per game and can play at that level offensively, I'll gamble that I can turn the system of players or find like two or three other guys that can come into my rotation that can plug the defensive holes. Yes. Look at some of the the other young guys on the Wolves right now. Like Jarrett Culver can play some defense, right? Josh Okogie can play some defense, and that's great. Those guys are inherently better defensive players than D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, maybe Carl Anthony Towns. But guess what they can't do? Shoot. Score 10 points in a game. Can Jarrett Culver that's shoot? That's the problem. No. I mean, it doesn't Josh look like Okogie he can. can't shoot either. And those, you know, maybe those guys develop a shot, but like Okogie and Jarrett Culver, their upside is basically 3 and D guys who can defend. And you need guys like that on your team too. But to win a championship... You need that third superstar, almost certainly, and Devin Booker would be that. He would bump D'Angelo Russell to the third guy. It's a no-brainer if you can pull this And the off. first guy in the history of pro sports who would force his way from Phoenix to here. <laughs> think about that. In a winter sport. In yeah, a winter sport. Any other examples. I want to go to Minneapolis. Think about that <laughs> statement for a guy playing in Phoenix, Arizona. But, uh, but yeah, Larry he, Fitzgerald's had a couple chances, and he has not. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, hard, oh, hard, hard good, pass. Yeah. I was a great Scottsdale. I was yeah. a great ball boy for the Vikings, but <laughs> hard pass. The the thing here too it is um, post pandemic. The one thing that is going to be really intriguing is is uh, pre pandemic, uh, sports wise, this market incredibly competitive, right? And like stretch super thin, right? Yeah. So so the Wolves didn't didn't draw great. Now, when things get back, you are going to have to compete big time because the Vikes are going to be king. The Twins look damn good, right? If you're the Wolves, and now and now you, you go from potentially having a big two to a big three, 
that at least I think puts you back on that map because that's going to be the toughest thing is, is there's going to be teams here who get left out for sure because because um, individuals and corporations are going to say ticket wise, sorry, but I just can't. And and I think they're already more exciting with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns than they've been in a couple of years anyway. Yeah. Since, since Jimmy Butler you know, before he hit the nuke button, so they're kind of back to being interesting just with those two guys. But they would be far more interesting with Devin Booker in the mix. And the other thing too that's sort of tugging at my heartstrings with this, I just watched over the weekend. Actually, it was on uh, Monday night. I went to Netflix and watched a kid from Coney Island. I watched that on Sunday too. Is that it's good? Awesome! It's really good. I just watched. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it's it's essentially just it's it's a two hour documentary on on Stefan Marbury's life and his family, and they didn't do a, a a huge deep dive into his Timberwolves thing, but they did a little enough of a deep dive to make you really feel the reality of how much of a missed opportunity that was yeah. in the late 90s. His his brother said he was convinced that they'd win a championship. Stefan yeah. KG. I think so, too. He yeah. wasn't the only one at the time. And he winds we were up going all to these, to that. He goes to these garbage oh. franchises where he doesn't mesh with the coaches. He meshed with Flip. He meshed with KG. He wanted to go to the Knicks, right? And he did eventually. No, it was right, a total but train he, wreck. he got traded from here to the Nets. Yeah. But I think he was trying to force his way, I believe at the time, to the Knicks if yeah. possible. And, and, of course, that's back at the time where the Knicks were not, believe it or not, a dumpster fire. Yeah. They, they were actually a pretty <laughs> decent organization at the time. And, and what I had kind of forgotten, I knew that, that KG and Marbury were tight and they knew each other uh, you know, as they were teenagers, but when when KG and Steph would be playing in these, you know, like these showcase tournaments and these leagues, KG would go would would go to Coney Island and like stay with Stefan Marbury's family yeah. when they were teenagers. I had no idea they were close before they like when they were in high school. Zero I had no idea about that. It was really cool to hear. They were tight when they were like 15, 16 years old and you know, I I think there's something to be said about chemistry matters so much in basketball. And I think it it matters a lot more in basketball than it probably does in baseball for sure. Baseball is just a series of individual matchups, and like Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds can hate each other, and they can still go to the World Series, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think that works in basketball. When you see when you see teams that aren't on the same page, and when Shaq and Kobe start fighting, like it's over. Like one of the guys has to be traded, and so the fact that the Timberwolves had two guys who were best friends for two years, mm-hmm. all growing at the same time with with good coaching. I love that idea again if they can replicate it to some extent with Cat, D'Angelo Russell, and Devin Booker. Three guys who love being around each other. Now egos could come into play at some point. Yes. But this is one of those That's the one thing to keep in mind. If there's a window open to get Devin Booker into this franchise, you you have to go through that window. Right. Even if you have to overpay and give up like multiple first round picks, go through the window. And the, the important thing though, I think if you do this is that you do have confidence in your um, organization that you have the infrastructure to handle that though. Correct. That you've got the right people that, that you don't have. I, I mean, look at uh, previous incarnations of the wolves um, executive staff and yeah. Okay. You get these players and it's a complete bleeping mess yep. and they turn on each other, blah, blah, blah. But I do think with Gerson on down that they've established, they, they might, they haven't yet established a template on the court that they probably need to be successful, but I think it's in the works of, of establishing what they want as their, to use Patrick's uh, f- favorite word in the history of things, culture, to establish the direction of things, which, which by the way, is extremely important. Yep. So that's your that's your dose of reckless speculation for the day here. Reckless speculation. So, so what you're telling me is in three years, it's on the court. Um, it is uh, Booker, it is Cat, 
it is Russell. Front row is Dak Prescott. Courtside, oh. target center. Sitting next to Kevin Garnett, co-owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, man. Oh, and Dak owns a little piece, too. Why not? Reckless I'm not sure he can, but what the hell. Now yeah. you threw it out there. Let's do it. Uh, so it's been a few months since we have done the home run edition of Write That Down. Uh, Judd nudged us, and, and we're going to swing for the fences here. We're giving you two episodes of Write That Down here. Home runs only. Let's do it. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. Gentlemen, we try to do this once a month. It's been about three months since we've done the forced home run edition of Write That Down. This will be the first time that uh, single swinging Ben Revere Declan is forced to swing well, we did for one the fences. week after the changes. We did a football Vikings related home run edition. I mean, it was specified, but we did do a home run edition. Rami, but yes, I am Ben Revere is welcome to swing for the fences. Rami Jason hated Tyner. the home run edition. That surprises me. Do you remember that? Yeah, he he totally bristled. He's like, you're really going to predict that? I was like, I've got to. It's a home run edition, man. That shocks me. Oh, he couldn't Rami stand. Rami loves being right. I, would, I, I, I think because he, he felt he had no chance to be right. Oh. That's why I think he okay. couldn't stand it. I've never it. met anyone who loves being right more than Rami. I, it makes it <laughs> I love the guy. I admire it. He does He does love to celebrate being right, yeah. though. It's 100% and there's, and there's, true. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. <laughs> so the batting averages are on the screen if you are watching this in video form here. Declan Goff is batting 500 on the season. Rami is batting 400. Judd at 400. I'm batting 352 with a couple of home runs. John Harrison, 243 with a couple of home runs. Listeners at 200 with one home run. Manny at 120 with no home runs. So on the season, collectively, we only have seven home runs. And we're into July. Right. We're half so over. So we need to ramp up the home runs here. This is like the dead ball era of write that down. I don't know what's happening. What are your two, Phil Mackey? Oh, boy. Let me find you them remember? real quick. I don't even recall what, I do. what the last home run was. I need you to stall for a second. Do you, though. Declan? No. I don't um, recall I don't think my was, home run. I don't think I was in the fold yet um, for this one. But I, I am. at least the listeners are above the, at the Mendoza line of 200. I mean, that's that's good. They get, And they have a home run. I don't have a home run to show for it. You know what, though? You shouldn't. Because I mean, you're a slap. You're a slap. I'm a slap. Ben Revere, slap the ball Jason around the ballpark, Tyner, down the line. I'm hitting 300. I feel, I feel like you go off your order, I've, setting the table for the top. I feel like like you go oppo a lot into the corner. I've got the home runs here. Okay, I'm just gonna go through them here. All right, the listeners. The only home run for the listeners. Tate predicted that Nick Foles would end up with the Chicago Bears next season. He oh, predicted wow. that a long time ago. Good for him. It's pretty good. Yeah. Let's pinpoint that. That is a home run. I have a couple of home runs on the season. I told you again. This is this is before. This is actually predicted in 2019, um, before like all of the Warriors injuries. I think it was like we knew that. Oh, we knew that Durant was going to be gone, and we didn't know that Steph Curry was going to be out, and we didn't know COVID was going. to I said the Timberwolves would finish above the Warriors in the West next season. All right, it's a home run, and they did barely. Yeah, but it's a home run. Yeah, that's <laughs> a home run. And the other home run was, let me scroll here. I said uh, Randy in Cottage Grove would would correctly call one of the Vikings two first-round picks, and he correctly predicted Justin Jefferson 
would be I a first-round pick for the Vikings. Yeah, is Randy doing okay? We should get Randy on. The season's yeah. coming close. There's no reason not to get a preview I from, Randy. from Randy. I'm, I'm kind of worried about him. I've seen him fire off a couple of tweets. It's possible he's like calling us during the day, okay. and like on, he's probably calling the Score North live hotline. And we've got a lot of ESPN radio stuff playing on AM fifteen hundred. He's probably now. on there all the time. Was he on the Will Kane show at the end? I was going to say he's probably on <laughs> okay, Will. ESPN radio constantly. He's going to be on with Greeny starting in a couple weeks. <laughs> Uh, Judd, your only home run is yeah. that Stefan Diggs would be traded by the Vikings this offseason. Do, do you know the date he made that or time period he made that? He yeah, made that was season. sometime like in September. I think you predicted oh, that after wow. his tantrum. Oh, after the tantrum. It was yeah. almost a year ago. Okay. You. But to take a tantrum and say that he would be traded, I think that's that's a home run. That's a home run. Well, oh, and yeah. he's, and he, he's a great bleeping player, yeah, too. Yeah, I would, I would have thought that. was a big that deal to trade him. I would have thought that. Jonathan's home run is that Andrew Wiggins would not be a member of the Timberwolves by this time tomorrow. He said that the day before the trade deadline, and there wasn't really any steam That's the good. day before oh, the trade that, deadline. Wow, these are all Jonathan. these are these are all pokes. Like, yeah, and and Rami, they're on the plaza. Rami predicted that either Stefan Diggs or Dalvin Cook will not be with the Vikings in 2020 before Week One starts. So kind of a similar. So John's got two though, right? Harrison. Yeah, that's two, right. He does have two. two on According the to the board, he's got two. And the Wiggins one's impressive. Yeah, John's other home run was D'Angelo Russell will be on the Wolves by the wow. end of next season. So he actually has two home runs on the same And they're basketball-related. But you know what? We always called him Mr. Basketball. We did. John Harris. Like, we're like, you like soccer, but you love basketball. Loves the Romball oh, Rock. Good for him. Loves the Romball <laughs> Rock. All right, so this is how it works. Write that down. Special edition here. Home runs only. And so we are sort of the judges of if we don't think that your swing is aggressive enough, any of us. We can call the other ones out. Okay. So if Judd comes in and he's like, um, Nelson Cruz is going to hit a home run in the first week of the twin season. Well, you and I would say, yeah. Eh, what about five home runs? Let's raise the bar a little yeah, bit yeah. for that one. Okay. So we'll start with Judd Zolgad. We'll go Judd, Declan, me. We'll go around the room three times. Forced home run prediction. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Let's do it. The Arizona Cardinals will be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. I love that Whoa. prediction so much. The, uh, Kyler yes. Murray I love and that the prediction. Arizona Cardinals will be in Tampa Bay when the Super Bowl is played in June of next year. All right, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was literally thinking about the Arizona Cardinals a couple days ago, like formulating some football takes for the season, right? Yeah. And I thought, I, th- I feel like... <laughs> I, love, I love how we just sit around, <laughs> yeah. we get home, yeah. our, our, wives, our wives are like, honey, how was your day? Hold on a second. Oh, on. I just got a I thought got... about Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Just don't bother me. Not, come on, back off. And I thought so. They went like five and eleven, but Kyler Murray was really good in his rookie season yep. for, for a rookie quarterback. Yep. I agree. I think they're taking a jump now. Super Bowl is a home run prediction for sure. But I think I think they might be sneaky. That division though is really good, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of sneaky things from there. So I'm going with the Cardinals for the Super Bowl. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Dex, Max Kepler. And Josh Donaldson will each finish top 10 in AL MVP voting in this 2020 season. Wow. Both Max Kepler and Josh Donaldson will finish in the top 10 of AL MVP voting. I like it. I like it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. All right. Write this down. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. The Timberwolves will trade for Devin Booker in the 2020 calendar year. And it's a parlay. It will. That's a home run on its own. But it's a parlay. Whoa! It will involve... You don't need to do this. I'm going to. You don't need to do this. It will involve a first-round pick and Jarrett Culver. 
Why would you do a parlay, man? You gave us a home run. The so, Timberwolves will okay. trade. The Timberwolves. Okay, let's do this. I, I, I will separate them. I will separate them. The Timberwolves will trade for Devin Booker in 2020 is my home run prediction. In, in the 20, in the, in the year in of the 2020? Tw- the year of 2020. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right. And I'll make a secondary. Pre- I'm going to actually make four home run predictions because I'm going to split this one into two here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Wolves trade for Devin Booker will involve a first round pick and Jarrett Culver as a second prediction. So obviously, if they don't trade for Devin Booker in 2020, then so you're hedging a little bit. I get both two, those wrong. with two bets here. I mean, one bet is they'll trade for Devin Booker, and yep. the other bet is they'll trade the first round pick and Jarrett Culver. Yep. Okay. It's a little bit of a hedge. Got it. Wow. Got it. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Thank you, Judd. So I I had a uh, JD uh, AL MVP pick as well, saying that he was going to be in the top five. But I feel after what Declan did, it's not enough. You're going to steal my prediction. It's just not enough. What I did, Hmm. I sat down home run edition predictions. And I got lazy. I, I rested on my laurels. And right now, I kicked myself in the butt and said, that's just wrong. No Surleys were involved in the influence of these picks? None. Wow. Okay. None. Good for you. So, home run prediction. Josh Donaldson will win the American League MVP award. Okay. Josh Donaldson will win. I had said top 10, and then I thought top so five. Theoretically, I, we both could get home runs here. And then Declan came along and, you know, he pushed, the, he pushed it a bit with Kepler. Yes, theoretically we could, but yeah. he will win. He will be your. For the, second time, in, you. for the second time in his career, he will be the American League MVP. We need okay. piped in crowd noise, too. There, that's, that makes We've it got it somewhere, right? We do. It, was on we you, it, it was on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Declan. All right. The Wild will make the Western Conference Finals. Hmm. The Wild will make the Western Conference Finals in this 2020 return to play. I have them making the Stanley Cup Finals, I think, at the beginning of the season, which is still on the board, technically. Okay. That's That's, a home run, too. That's very much in the mix. I don't think it'll happen, but it's in the mix. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. We're all making Josh Donaldson predictions here. (laughs) Uh, Here's mine. I don't know if this is a one-up on Judd's. It's probably on. It's probably an equal. Maybe a one-up. It's definitely an equal. Write this down. Josh Donaldson will be the World Series MVP oh, wow. for the next World Series. I'm going to hedge a little bit. Whenever the next World Series is, Josh Donaldson will be the World Series MVP. Okay. All right. All right. If the season gets canceled, I'd, I'd like that to carry over into 2021. All right, back to Judd. Your final forced home run prediction. I'm going to end here by giving you a Twins parlay. Because, again, I kind I came up with a prediction, and I sort of liked it, but it's not enough. Write it down. You like writing things down. Jose Barrios is going to win the American League Cy Young and start Game 1 of the World Series. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. That, boys, that, boys, is called swinging from the heels. Dave Kingman. That's a Bryson DeChambeau 423-yard <laughs> yes. drive, which Dave apparently Kingman happened today. Out. That's a, I, I think we were talking about that during a break, right? Bryson DeChambeau had a 423-yard drive today at the Memorial. It's absurd. Dude. He swung out of his cleats, basically. Like, he swings the way that Happy Gilmore swings. The ball goes in the air over trees and presumably, like, over bunkers. He stops watching it. At, right after he swings, he knows he pipes it. It catches a downhill slope and goes 423 yards. Amazing. A 300-yard drive is a pretty good drive. Like the right. best drivers on tour averaging like 315, maybe 320. 423 yards. 
Judd's, that's Judd Zolget in this segment. Write it down. You like writing things um, down. Just about Write as big down. as Bryson, too. Back to Declan. The Vikings will win 12 games in 2020. Is that a home run for stuff? Is that enough? You want more? I feel like we need more. I feel like I feel like we need. I feel like we need more. Okay, that's fine. It's kind of. I said a home it out run. loud. Right. It's kind of a home run. I said it out loud, and I kind of realized well, that's kind of vanilla. It's traveling. It's kind of a home run. It's, it's traveling. Uh, yeah. Okay. Put if, well, the, if you say they're put over the fence. Oh, I will say this: if you say that they're going to win exactly twelve games, that's for sure a home run. All right. Because you're predicting that. an exact win total. They will win exactly twelve games in the regular season. Oh, I want to hear what the second part was, though. You can add the second part. No, that's okay. If you want to go off the record with it. No. What was it going to be? I was going to say, I was going to up it to 14. I was going to say, they got All right, I'll say 14 oh. games. Screw it. 14 oh. games. 14 games. Whoa. 14 games. Whoa. The Vikings oh will win. God. We'll go 14 and 2 in 2020. 14 and, games. And then Zim's going to walk, take the Packer job, and get a $5 billion. You like Screw it. Screw it. Go to Declan and do it. 14 win season. Hold on a second. 500 average. I got, I got room to spare. My heart's racing. I got room to spare. Now, if they go 15 and 1, you lose that prediction. That's fine. But. Yeah. I'm, and if that's the case, I'm rooting for a loss on week 17. <laughs> I have no problem doing that. Write that down. All right. Final prediction. <laughs> Judd and I were basically in lockstep here. I also have a Jose Barrios prediction to end mine. Jose Barrios will throw a no hitter this season. <laughs> He will throw a no-hitter this season. He's got no-hit stuff. He's flirted a couple times. I'm more worried about pitch count. Like, if he gets up to 130, they probably, they probably pull him from the game. But Jose Barrios will throw a no-hitter. 130? Rocco would take him out at 115, 110. Yeah, it's it's got to be an efficient one. Yeah, it's got to be against to the be Tigers up. or something. Yeah, true. I can't wait till the Vikings go 0-2 and then rattle off 14 straight wins. It's going to be great. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, yes. Yes. You will deserve the home run if you get that one. Write it down. You like writing things down. Those are your home runs. Write that down, predictions. And again, the batting averages on the season. Declan sitting at 500 about halfway through the year. Rami at 400, tied with Judd, each with one home run apiece. I, Phil Mackey, am at 352 with two home runs. John Harrison, 243 with two home runs. Listeners at 200 with one home run. And Manny Hill at 120 with no home runs. If you want to get involved in the Write That Down action in our regular Wednesday segment, Hit me up on Twitter, at Phil Mackey. Just DM me, and we can get you scheduled. As We're scheduled out with at least one predictor basically until the end of the year, but we're starting to add in second listener predictors. So we'll we'll just keep, I don't know, if, if we get to the point where we have like three people on each show, that'll be fun. Yeah. So just if you want to be part of it, uh, Wednesdays sort of mid-morning is when we tape it. So hit us up. All right, that's a wrap on today's episode of Mackey and Joe. Remember, you can find regular daily Vikings conversations from us, too, on the Purple Daily podcast feed. Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.